0: The Secrets of Star Trek is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com/give. You're listening to the Secrets of Star Trek, episode number forty-eight. Captain, DeBridge. bridge. Spock
1: here. Make yourself. So. Surrender is not an option. Attention, crew of the Enterprise. This is James Kirk.
0: And today we're discussing the second part of our discussion of the Bajoran Coup arc, which is how the, uh, the second season of Deep Space Nine begins uh, with three episodes. And we talked about the first episode and a half, and we'll be talking about the second half of the second episode, Circle, and then the third episode, The Siege, today. And joining me today on the panel are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going, Dom? And Jimmy Aiken. Hi, Jimmy. Howdy, Dom. And as usual, I want to remind you to like The Secrets of Star Trek on Facebook, retweet us on Twitter, leave us comments, subscribe in iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, tune in your favorite podcast app or YouTube. And on YouTube, hit the Get Notifications bell so that you'll know when we post the episodes there. And please, of course, share the podcast with your friends. Help us grow our community of listeners. Uh, So The Circle, we're back to The Circle, where we left off. We left off with uh, last week. So we... We've come full circle. We have come full circle.
2: <laughs> or we will by the end of this episode. So far, we've only come half circle.
0: We are half circle. Yes, we've come 180 degrees. So uh, we left off with Kai Wynn's passive aggressive comment to Kira. Feel free to stay at the monastery as many days as you like, even a week if necessary, uh, which we all th- thought was a delicious little uh, dig that she makes. And then because um, Wynn is about to get very, very uh, manipulative and political the rest of this uh, episode and a half but we shift to uh a war room um, new he, character enters and a new character general crim which is uh i kind of like general crim here he's kind of uh, I, he's he's nice he's a good guy yeah well in fact i mean he he ends up kind of being a bad guy but kind of being a good guy later on i, I well, kind of like him as as a character
2: i mean so when he first meets uh cisco here cisco points out we met like a year ago at some conference and he says, "Yes, I, I I really appreciated your presentation." and Cisco's like, "But you totally disagreed with it." And Krim is like, "Yeah, but you made your arguments very well." <laughs> right. so so yeah. uh, you know, I appreciate that as a philosopher. you know, I mean, that's exactly. what my academic training is in. I don't have to agree with someone in their conclusion. I can still admire their argumentation and um and so that shows that Krim is someone who has intellectual integrity. He is not simply driven by my side must win at all costs. He's someone who can appreciate the thought processes of other people, even when he disagrees with them. And that reveals him as a fundamentally good character, which even though he's on the other side now is going to is going to prove pivotal, pivotal because he really is a a decent human
1: being. Yeah, he's he might not be a likable character. But he is a good character. Yeah, you respect him. He's not warm and fuzzy.
0: Well, and in yeah. fact, we get it. We get that right here in, the, in this scene where Cisco, you know, kind of offers offers Krim important information, uh, mm-hmm. the intelligence that yep. the, the mm-hmm. circle is being armed by the Krasari and this other stuff and gives him all the stuff and then asks for Kira back as his liaison. And Krim respects Cisco for... Not holding back that information as leverage to get what he wants. Right. Because that's the
2: right thing to do. Let the people on the planet know that the Krasari are involved here. They need to know that more than you need your officer back. And so he did the right thing by giving him the information. And uh, when Cisco says, well, I would never would have done the reverse. uh, Krim respects him even more. Right. Exactly. There's a
0: there's a respect for the each other's personal character which is becomes important at the end of the the, the siege episode so we, we then we're um, we go to ops and there's Lee and Dax uh, not a whole lot happens here this uh, Lee kind of uses his uh, his uh, leverage against the krasari to get them to because they're trying to inspect.
2: Yeah, they're trying to find the weapons that they know they're smuggling to Bajor somehow. And so O'Brien has been tearing the ship apart, looking at every container and not finding anything.
0: Yes. And the Krasari, as we we talked about last time about Babylon 5, the Krasari look a lot like the Narn from Babylon 5. I don't know if you, mm-hmm. if you noticed that. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think that might have been uh, somebody might not have been happy with that over the Babylon 5 uh, production. By, by the way, one
2: thing that they also establish in the scene with Cisco is the question of the because the coup is underway on Bajor. Now, the circle is making its move against the provisional government. And the deciding factor is going to come down to does the military support the provisional government or the coup plotters, which is very realistic. That's often the way it comes down.
0: Right,
1: right. When, right. Yeah. The, and, it actually, and it actually comes out kind of a half and half.
0: Right. Because it turns out that the pl- the plotters of the coup are members of the government so that yeah. right so then we get uh the krasari cargo bay o'brien is there and of course we have Odo sneaks aboard the ship as quiet as a mouse yes uh the, the, apparently even krasari uh ships have rats on board although it's probably a denebian rat or some
1: like <laughs> star trek's some habit of from some uh, weird planet somewhere A yeah. pretty
2: earthian rat to me yes right? yeah, but- in fact i think it was played by an earthian mouse yes
0: i'm gonna guess that <laughs> too Uh, Back to the monastery. One of the things I thought of, 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 of made me wonder about the monastery in these episodes, in these two episodes. Oh, 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 wait, wait, wait.
2: Before we go back to the monastery. So Odo sneaks aboard as a rat. And I mean, he doesn't sneak aboard as a rat, but he becomes one. And uh, he then gets proof that the Cardassians are delivering the weapons to the Krasari after they've left Deep Space Nine, which is why they couldn't find them. When the sh- when the Kursari were on the station, but why they have them when they get on a beige It's like an in-flight delivery,
0: right? That actually mm-hmm. that actually scene is actually happens a little bit later, but, but okay, okay. it's worth it's worth putting, saying it here, yeah, just to kind of close the loop on that. So we go to the monastery, and one of the things I was thinking, I was wondering about this is the whether they were using a, a location for the monastery grounds or a sound stage. I. I I think it's a location. location. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: It's like a park in L.A. It okay. might be like a botanical garden or something like that, because that's kind of what it looks like to me.
0: And I wonder if it's the same park they used in um, Encounter at Farpoint for when Data was playing in the holosuite, the holodeck. Uh, so just, I'm just
1: curious. I don't know. It looked a little different to me, but
0: yeah, there's like a handful of parks around L.A. that Star Trek has been known to use for location shoots. Yeah. I think
2: there's also like a water reclamation center. They constantly are redressing and stuff.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. In fact, I think they use one in, in this episode. But you know, Cisco talks to the, the Kira because he's happened to be there and he's talking about getting her back and. Uh, just as he leaves she 's kidnapped by the three men in the uh the anonymous Rome. the anonymous masks uh, well, not actually yeah. anonymous masks but sort of a a precursor a two decade precursor to anonymous and then we find out that she 's been kidnapped she 's in this the underground bunker of the circle and this is where she finds out that jar uh, jaro Esso is uh in charge of the circle
1: Speaking, speaking of reusing sets, by the way, that looked like every underground set like they've used ever since DS9. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's just their cave set. Yes. And so Jaro is
2: like standing up on this ledge looking down on Kira, thus being very superior. And, and she's like, oh, you're involved in the circle. And he says, I am the circle. And it's <laughs> like, OK, dude, really? You said that you just said that in front of all of your followers. Right. Who are holding Kira captive. This is bad management. OK, <laughs> exactly. yeah. I, I don't care if you are the president of the company. You don't say I am McDonald's in front of all of your McDonald's employees.
0: Yes, that's when they don't walk just, out.
2: <laughs> exactly. That's what, exactly what's going to alienate them.
0: Or to use a uh, another uh, 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 pop culture reference, that that's when they all vote him off the islands. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. which is,
2: can happen very easily in coup situations. They are inherently unstable.
0: Yeah, well, they're inherently all about cutting the head off of things. <laughs> yeah. So and uh, so they have this 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 debate back and forth about the the how they both dislike the government, the provisional government, uh, and then Kira says, "Yeah, but if you want to change the government, you vote to change it." You don't sneak yeah. up from behind it with a dagger, right? Which is a nice point that she makes. Nice civics lesson here from
2: science fiction television. It's like we need to have that lesson emphasized more. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. Uh, we we don't need to get any more specific than that. Everyone knows exactly <laughs> the situations in America. That well, we're I'm, I'm thinking about.
2: of. I'm thinking of a broader cultural trend that's been going on for decades. Well, that, I remember when I, I mean. was young, yeah. this kind of civics lesson was very much part of our education, at least when I was growing up. Youngsters like Father Cory, I don't know. But... Um, <laughs> But this needs to be part of our culture in a way that it's presently not. Yes. Because yeah. this has been degenerating for decades.
1: Right. Right. Well, it's, There there really is a, a lack of understanding of exactly, again, here in the United States, how our democracy or republic, to be more accurate, works, you know, and, and so many of the heartaches that, could, that have happened over the last few years really could have been avoided if people understood that.
0: Yes. Elections matter. And we we elect people, we don't necessarily depose them or uh, change government violently. This is one of the things that makes America different from so many other, uh, or actually, Mm -hmm. not just America, but all Western democracies, put it that way, so so different from so many other uh, countries in history. Uh, So we have uh, this shocking moment where Jaro hands Kira over to be tortured, because we learned how to do that from the pretty sure they had a good idea about it before yeah right but it's a but it's a bit shocking this this moment where the like, care is going to be tortured by these guys and we we see some of the results but not you know in star trek level of blood and violence uh so not too badly but uh you know we, we we'll see that and then um we have this what am i trying to say this rescue, uh, rescue. attempt launched the cisco leads bashir and lee and a team uh wait, does lee come along i forget now
2: Yeah, Lee comes along as does, as does O'Brien to be the pilot again. Yep. And and Cisco is also like, oh, and bring these two security guys, because we need people to get immediately shot to prove the danger of the exactly. situation. Do we have any red and, shirts
0: for them oh, No, OK, yeah, just wear your beige.
2: <laughs> they're Bajoran, so they're brown shirts. <laughs> <Exactly. Yeah.
0: laughs> yes. Uh, actually, I wonder if that's a firefly thing. Never mind. Uh, yeah. so, uh, <laughs> uh, and as we noted uh, last time uh, in the, the homecoming, a runabout could only beam up two people at a time. But in the circle, they fixed that by now, and now we can beam five people down and six people up. And
2: they kind of have a line to cover that, because Cisco says he wants O'Brien to pilot and do your famous transporter magic. I was like, well, he could have, same pilot, he could have done his famous transporter magic before. I don't think he's learned that much in the last 30 minutes
0: (laughs)
1: exactly exactly there's a there's a youtube guy uh follow laura loaded is his name and he he always likes to talk about minor refits with quotes you know air quotes minor refits where the entire ship is completely re gutted and rebuilt (laughs) but it's a minor refit Well, this was a minor refit of the uh the transporter system on the runabout apparently
0: yes the the magical engineers of starfleet Basically, what we have here is we have the Cardassians fomenting unrest on Bajor to get the Federation out to, to eject That's the their Federation key goal so they can come back, then control the wormhole, which is the key to the Gamma Quadrant. You know, the, the, the basically the Cardassians the, the have been kicking themselves ever since the first episode of season one, when uh, like three days after they left <laughs> Bajor, the Federation shows up and uh, discovers a wormhole like, don't oh! Dukat, why did you leave?
2: <laughs> and this makes perfect sense in, geopolit- in geopolitical terms, because, yes, yeah. or in this case, astropolitical terms, because this is a huge strategic point that's just been discovered. You're going to want to try to find a way to get that back
1: yes exactly well and we, we see that with we see that in you know geopolitical situations like with with Russia and the country of Georgia and things like that where they broke away and they want to get them back
0: they broke away, they discover oil, and then we decide that we we, we really want you to be part of us again because not because exactly. of the oil necessarily but you need no, us. No, no, no. <laughs> the oil is nice,
1: but we like you, and we want you back, even if you don't want to be back with us. Exactly. So
0: we have uh, this situation where they they're trying to get Lee Nallas to address the Chamber of Ministers because, of course, he's their George Washington. And if he gets up and says Jaro Esso is leading the circle uh, at uh, at the behest of the Cardassians to undermine our our country, it's almost like if the Cardassians were buying ads on Facebook to undermine. Uh, Card- the Jordan uh, politics. Don't go there, dude. <laughs> we all know the
2: Cardassians bought ads for both sides on Facebook just to sow chaos.
0: Yes, that's exactly what it is. exactly. Yes, it's not just the circle. So um, it's so they they're They want to get Lee Knowles down to Bajor to address the chamber of ministers and to, to stop. They can't get through. They're being blocked. Um, and then uh, yeah, we Dax ominously we've lost all communication with the planet 5 minutes ago and then Cisco says get me admiral chicote at starfleet command and i'm like wait a minute <laughs> i know voyager whiplash <laughs> <laughs> but uh, apparently it's spelled c h e k o t e not c h a k o t a y well later on it is pronounced Chicote
1: instead of chicote
0: is it i, I really want to like uh, that's one of the things i want that, that doesn't say anywhere i could find online whether like to kind of ask like iris steven bear who is one of the producers did you like the name so much that you wanted a character named it for Voyager when you were creating that or changed
1: the e's to a's and added a y? I so mean So this this
2: was by this episode was written by Michael Pillar who was then one of the guys that did go on to do Voyager cuz he left uh DS9 in Ira Steven Burr's hand so he could move on to Voyager.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So yeah, maybe, maybe he just really liked that name and decided to pick it well, with Well, and,
1: and he he does show up in um the contemporary season of TNG as well in one mm-hmm. episode. OK, so
0: interesting. So uh, then we switch to uh, back to the shrine, the the monastery where Jaro and Wynne are plotting. He yeah. So Jaro
2: is like they're making a deal. And the deal is that in exchange for support, I'm not really clear what Kai Wynn is giving him. But what he's offering to give her is he's going to join her religious order as like a third order member, so that and that'll be very prestigious for her. And then once he's in exchange for her support in getting him elected, whatever, head of the new government, um, he's then going to apparently direct the College of Cardinals to elect her pope.
1: And, you know, I I think the reason why he's working with her is, you know, it was established in the first season that she was the head of the conservative branch of the Bajoran religion. So she could her her followers, those who are the more conservative side, would fall under under Jaro's support if if she comes out for him. And then, of course, she would become the next pope. I mean, Kai. Yeah. (laughs) So so
2: we have this sinister plot. This is such a TV trope where we have the the sinister plotting going on between those battle conservatives talking about their orthodoxy and their old values and stuff like it's like, come on, guys.
1: Right. Well, there's 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 some double entendres kind of floating around in there too, and some you know, yeah, it, it's a little more to the surface. They're trying to make it look like.
0: But it certainly shows you know the character of Win as she will as she develops and she throughout the rest of the series that she's very slippery. You know, she tends to she 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 really. Knows which way the wind blows before the the sails shift. You know, if you know what I mean. Uh, she's she's always one step ahead of the wind, and, and and we'll see that later in
2: in the siege, which we'll talk, which we'll continue to talk about in this episode. By the end of this story arc, we see just how savvy she is.
0: Right. She right. She she knows when the when to jump ship. But here, right, like she's she's the head of a small but very orthodox order, and having her support. That was the sort of attitudes of the people of the circle. And so,
2: yeah. And if her if her order is so small, who cares? Why does why does Jaro need her support?
0: Well, then if he can make her Kai, then she then her influence in his favor in the future becomes mm-hmm. that much more well, important. I, and
1: I, I wonder if I wonder if that was more the false modesty of, oh, my order is so small. I'm not an important person like these other ones. When, you know, again, it like I said, it was established that she was actually a major leader of one of the factions within the Bajoran religion. Right, exactly.
0: And then uh, we, we move on to this moment in ops where... Chakotay says the prime directive applies here.
2: Right. We can't get involved in their internal dispute. The Cardassians may get involved. We don't.
0: You have to evacuate. That's an order from your commander. Hamilton flashback. So Cisco says, you know, how long before these assault ships arrive? Because there are assault ships on the way. We got five hours to to evacuate. You know, O'Brien says we can do it in three. Uh, and he says, what if we take every single thing that has uh, a Starfleet logo on it? Yeah. Uh, and days. Then it's days, a week, for all I know. So Cisco's. He, 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 what, he, what he
2: should have said is. We can stay as long as we wish, as many days as necessary, a week if necessary. <laughs> that would be a fun way to end the episode. That would be funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, they uh, so they so Cisco's intent is to delay to to not just hand over the station uh, as he's been ordered to do. And, and wow, is he like taking
2: his career in his hands here? Because this, I mean, yeah, okay, he's got a fig leaf for this in that he's oh, we're evacuating, we're just doing it in a way that clearly violates the intent of the orders. (laughs) Um, And it's like, dude, I'm thinking investigation, inquiry and court martial, if this, especially if this goes south on you.
0: Right. I think what he's taking the cue is, is that Starfleet clearly doesn't want to leave. Like it feels like it's, it's it's between a rock and a hard place. They clearly would rather not leave. And that if Cisco kind of goes against orders, but it gives them even a, a hint of of an excuse that they'll excuse it. But it's still, yeah, it's still taking a big chance.
2: Also, and they don't make a point of this, <clears throat> but when we turn the corner into the next episode in the siege, all of the Starfleet guys are out of uniform when
1: they're a- around on the station. I was going to mention that. Yeah, that's very clearly. Yeah, they're they're out of uniform. Their badges that they're using for communication are hidden underneath a jacket. You don't see the the badges
0: and i don't think it's just the disguise i mean the, clearly the, they'll be known at sight that they're not bajorans yeah they're out of color they're, they're yeah they're they're what they're trying to do is is make it clear that they're not working at starfleet orders and if they get captured or or whatnot it won't they come on back on yes they're on their own uh, so let's switch to the the siege which is the third episode in these in this tripartite arc of stories Cisco, which starts with Cisco giving a speech to the Starfleet crew in ops, basically telling them, look, you know, I I won't look askance on anyone who leaves. Some of you just showed up for temporary duty a week ago. You have no ties to Bajor, no reason to stay, to put your career at risk. Other of you have family that you've got to take care of. Go, go. If, you know, if you, it, but, you know, if you want to stay, stay and,
1: and fight it out. Well, this is this. And it was funny is they had the, the, the nondescript murmuring. When you can't <laughs> hear anything, anybody say all you hear is ruff, 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 ruff. I so two things about this scene
2: where he's given his speech about how it's hard to disentangle from Bajor. We've been here all this time. He he walks by this one woman and like puts her hand his hand on her shoulder, but this is before me too.
0: Yes. And
2: <laughs> and and says, you know, this woman is engaged to a Bajoran. And I'm thinking Oh, yeah, I mean, that really brings home how hard it's going to be to disentangle from Bajor. Right. And then he walks to this other guy and says, and your daughter worked on a prize-winning science fair with a Bajoran chi- project with a Bajoran child. And I'm going, <laughs> really?
1: That's hard to
2: disentangle from? Right. I mean, come on. that You just you you hit a you hit it out of the park on the first one but wow is this a letdown by comparison. Yeah. Well
0: it's like the writer said we had to have two things. We can't just have one person. We have to have two people that there's a reason to stay. What I can't think of the second one. <laughs>
2: yeah, uh, they worked on a your kid worked on a science fair project.
1: And of course they're they're science fiction writers so you know doing a science fair project was a big deal to them so <laughs> yeah. it had to be that.
2: <laughs> and and then Cisco does the, I wouldn't blame anybody for leaving. And then, and Avery Brooks sells it really well. He says, I mean that, you know, and he says it very sincerely. And then TV trope, nobody at all leaves. I mean, this scene, that's not believable, especially in in terms of what they just all laid out. He should have ordered a bunch of people out of there and say, you don't need to take this risk. Get out of here. This scene was done so much better on Babylon 5. (laughs) where Michael Garibaldi is having something really similar when Nightwatch is taken over the station. And Garibaldi is like, I set you up with your wife. I gave you another chance, even though I knew you were an alcoholic, you know, things like that. And and take these rags off your arm and then half of them leave anyway.
0: You know, it's uh, some of the Starfleet must leave because they have to pilot the runabouts, et cetera. Oh, so
2: that's three people have to leave to pilot the runabout because they've only got three.
0: That's true. Yeah. That's true. Uh, so obviously not a lot of people could, can leave that way. But O'Brien, O'Brien is very right up front. I'm staying like he and that actually creates an interesting uh, conflict for O'Brien between him and one his of wife. Many. Yeah. One of many. And it's and that's one of the, another aspect of the show. Like family is a big part of this show, much more so than it ever was on The Next Generation, which made a big deal about which, the ship carrying Which was families. kind of an,
1: an irony. Yeah, because the. Uh, Enterprise-D was specifically designed to be a, a ship that would carry families and all that. Uh, DS9 wasn't at all, but yet, yeah, the family aspect of it is very strong, you know. Uh, wasn't designed for families. It's an ore refinery. <laughs> right, exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. And, if, and, and in fact, throughout the, the Deep Space Nine series, you know, Miles and Keiko have their problems. You know, it's not a, a, a carousel ride for them. There's It's bumpy at times. And Keiko is being sensible here. It's like
2: you don't have to stay. You should be coming. And it's her viewpoint whether whether you want O'Brien to stay or not. Her viewpoint is totally justified.
0: Yes, exactly. It is. And, uh, and you know, as from my point of view, maybe I think maybe he should have gone. Like he should because there was very clearly a sense from some of them that they might not make it out of this alive. And he was, you know, oh, we can't let the Cardis have the wormhole. And she's like, they could have the whole dang. Gamma quadrant for all I care. That's I, exactly. I care about
1: you, not the that, that geopolitics. And then, well, then you have the opposite family of the Ferengi's Quark and and Rom, <laughs> right? And Nog. It, the, and well, Nog. Quark
0: and Rom are are out how to profit off of the evacuation, which is uh, their cultural uh, expectations. Which, which Rom wins <laughs> that one.
1: Rom wins <laughs> that
2: one. It now, is awesome. So, so rom's characterization it occurred to me is not really in place yet he's not yet the interesting deep character he becomes to be he's in this he's much thinner as a character and he he's just quarks bumbling put upon brother and there's not much to him and then where he, i this may be where where rom really starts to deepen even though they never bring it up again is where He betrays Quark and turns the table by selling his seat on the shuttle. And that is great. For a Dabo girl.
0: For a (laughs) Dabo girl.
2: Well, and look at who he later marries. It might have been Lita. So it's unfortunate they don't ever pay that off by referring to it again. But it is a moment where maybe for the first time, Rom starts to show something deeper happening with him.
1: And he he really is one of those characters going forward that does break out. That becomes very popular.
0: And very like the very early on in the first season, he was a much different character. He was much more just standard Ferengi background character. Now he's at least got something different about him. He's kind of bumbling and a bit. You know, the idea of him having a good heart it starts to come out. But um, it's very interesting. And then we have uh, speaking of the the family of the Ferengis, we have Jake and Nog's moment where they're they're these friends who are going to be separated. And they're not sure whether they'll ever see each other again. And there's this nice moment where they they uh, you know, say, "Look, have have a Ferengi and a human ever been friends like we are? No, that counts for something. Did our dads
2: want us to be friends?
0: <laughs> no, and we <laughs> are anyway. Right? And then, so they say we'll see each other again. That's a promise. And and then Odo comes up and says, "Stop fooling around and get to your ships."
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now all of that's very nice, except there's a. And I've praised some of the lines in these two episodes, but there's a real clunker at at the beginning of this, where Rom, for some reason, despite the universal translator, cannot pronounce coup d'état, and it's just so awkward and lame the way that line gets delivered and is written.
0: Right. Yeah. No. No stupid coup day. Right. It's French. No French thing is going to well,
1: keep no, us apart. Would the universal translator translate that <laughs> coup d'état?
2: Well, it, it it pops me out of the narrative in a way it shouldn't. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And then we have just to close the loop with uh with people saying goodbye, Odo and Quark in ops where Quark dares Odo to say, I miss you. And Odo Im- 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 immediately does and then takes the edge off of it by saying, I'm going to miss the aggravation. I'm going to miss all these negative things about you. And Quark is like, I miss I'll miss you, too
0: which is <laughs> is so nice. Right. The so uh, so back in ops, uh we have this moment where uh Lee and Kira and uh Dax are uh, talking about uh this ship that this uh this uh resistance sub impulse raider that's been stored on this moon, you know, 10 years ago that uh Kira and eventually Dax will find out will 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 take to get down to the chamber of ministers and, and, and reveal the information about the Cardassians behind everything. And um, we have this strange moment where like, Hey, do any of your former hosts have experience with some impulse thruster configurations? Like to you, know, the Cisco says, the Dax. Yeah. And then, and then um, yes, Tobin Dax Tobin. I don't think I've ever heard about this one. And she says, my second host, barely a sex life and no imagination, but new face coil inverters like no one else. I'm like, really? That's what yeah. you're going to say. Yeah, the whole
2: thing was poorly thought out. It was they needed to get they needed to communicate this information in a different way, because Cisco has known Dax for so long that he would know if her second host was a pilot. Right. Or an engineer.
1: When is it that they do do the episode where they meet all the hosts?
0: Much later, much later. It's yeah, much it's later. later. Okay, yeah. I couldn't
1: remember for sure. I thought it was, but I couldn't remember for sure.
0: This I think is the first mention of Tobin, and but st- but still, it's just it's all like, why are you telling us
1: about his sex life?
0: That's like, just. Are we setting him up as oh, to my show
1: that he's an engineer nerd. Yes, I know. He's well, an Engineer nerd that he's not even worried about that.
0: Stop making fun of the nerds.
2: <laughs> and, and it wasn't that that bugged me because that's kind of Dax. I mean, that's kind of Jadzia, I should say. That's the way she would talk about one of her former hosts. I suppose. But the new fails coil inverter like nobody else. I mean, OK, that's informed attributes. That's bad writing. You know, just say he was a good he was a great engineer or pilot or whatever.
0: Then we have this moment where Quark uh, is dragged to Cisco about uh, brokering seats on the uh, on the evacuation vessels, and then uh, turns out he's he's accepted Ferengi transit practice. (laughs)
1: Exactly,
2: I feel totally justified.
1: American Airlines apparently not American, the American Airlines, but all the American (laughs) Airlines, all the airlines in America apparently are operate under Franky transport practices yeah. I may have overbooked a little
0: <laughs> yeah they right mm-hmm. down to overbooking all the seats and uh, so Cisco has to go down and, and you, what you have is a bunch of Bajorans who have tried to buy pa- passage off on the runabouts and it's not to Lee Knollis not not Cisco the emissary but Lee Knollis who shows up to 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 get them to back down he proves his worth at this point when, yeah. he, when he says hey who? where are you running from we fought so long to get to win back Bajor from the Cardassians, now's not the time to run away.
2: Yeah, which is nice because it shows him growing into his role as a leader.
0: Yes. Um, so there is a so we do still have a like we talked about last time how his story arc kind of stalls partway through this the oh, the second episode, but there are some moments where we get his get him to a little bit of advancement for him. Um, we do have that nice moment where where we find out Quark gets left behind. He's dragging this heavy case full of. Platinum down the hall. All, all his, all his mementos and his memories, <laughs>
1: yeah. Quote unquote.
0: Yes, and
2: and he's and there's. It's a really effective moment when you know he gets shut out of the ship because Ram has sold his seat, and he's like left on his own. And it's like my horse, my horse, my kingdom for a horse. It's like I'll pay anyone five bars of gold press latinum for a seat, and then he starts upping the amount to ten and twenty, and he realizes nobody's going to take him up on it. And it's it, it, af, even though he had an argument that what he was doing was okay, he just did too much of it, here we have a really nice confrontation of him with the fact that ultimately money is not the greatest value. And this brings it home really nicely.
0: Another nice moment here is when uh, Cisco brings Jake to the, uh, to the airlock, to the ship, and uh, he gives him a letter. You know, just some things in uh, Jason. Uh, I'll read it as soon as I get on the ship. Wait a while. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. I mean, this is it's very this is actually yeah. somewhat subtle writing comparatively. Yeah, this is the death letter. Yeah, this is the I'm not coming back letter, which is uh, uh, very affecting to a dad <laughs> watching this oh, now, sure. you know, just like think that idea that what do you say to your to your to your child when you think you might not see them again when you don't want to scare them either? uh and that was an b- effective moment not not overdone it's effective but it's also technologically unrealistic he
2: sh- he should have just sent a time coded email off the station <laughs> right, right
0: we put it on a thumb drive and said here take this with you <laughs> uh so uh we we clear the station and then a little while later here the you know after the uh into the next act yeah. the by, assault by, by, by anyway, mm-hmm?
2: as soon as the shuttle's taken the people are gone they come all the Starfleet officers completely drop the shtick of we're here for this very thorough evacuation. Uh, they just even Cisco had been selling it to his officers as, oh, I'm just staying to make sure this evacuation is done right. And now they just that totally goes out the window
0: because, of course, they can't evacuate anymore because there's no ships left to get on. Right. So the yes, the pretense is gone. They, they could be packing boxes for when the ships come sure, back. Sure, <laughs> of course. Yeah. And then uh, so the uh, the the Bajoran militia shows up, which is interesting. Not these uh, Circle fellows, but it's the actual. Uh, so the the army or the the militia has thrown in its it, with the 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 new government, the under the or at least under the control of Jaro SO. and we have Steven Weber show up. Uh, yes, Stephen Weber with well, that. You, uh, at the time, was known for uh, being on uh, the, the TV uh, sitcom Wings. Um, he's oh. done, done some other things. So he's Colonel Day? He's Colonel yes. Day.
2: Okay. By by the way, so mentioning these ships showing up now, I want to know, so the, the Bajoran government clearly knows how many people, including how many non-Bajorans, are on Deep Space Nine. They know it's hundreds of people. And they know there's only three runabouts. And they know how many people can fit in a runabout. What did they expect to happen? Clearly, you can't get hundreds of people off in three runabouts. Quark makes the point. Lots of people are going to be left behind. What were they expecting to find? Of course, there are going to be non-Bajorans left. You can't demand they all evacuate in this amount of time when you've got such a small number of ships. There's an inconsistency in the writing here.
0: Oh, I think they were expecting there to be a, a a resistance like that. That they were expecting the that they were going to have to subdue and arrest or or shoot Starfleet.
2: Then they should have hung hung. Well, then why is Admiral Chakotay telling Cisco get everybody out of there? And and why isn't Cisco saying they're deliberately trying to provoke a, a confrontation by giving us an order we can't possibly obey?
0: Right. That's true. I mean, the the, I st- the the fact that they're told to to evacuate within the next you know seven hours, which is what the the time span was, I guess. Um, you know that how do you get out everyone? It, everyone out. In fact, it's it's almost like um, I, I forgot to mention this earlier. It had a, very much a feel of the last choppers out of Hanoi at the end of this, the Vietnam War, like the those images of the people on the top of the American embassy trying to get on board the, the
1: helicopters and not enough seats for everyone. And I think that really was the symbolism they were kind of going for and, and you know, going to the Bajoran side of it. Obviously, the, the circle who is now taking power, they don't care. They want to fight with the non-Bajorans. They want there to be, you know, this this armed they want conflict bloodshed. that they can, you know, yeah, they want blood of non-Bajorans. So they don't care. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I, yeah
0: but I see what you're saying, Jimmy. There is a there is a bit of an inconsistency that that they didn't they didn't fully close the circle. Close the circle. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> didn't mean to do that. But uh, didn't
2: mean to besiege you there.
0: Yes. Uh, oh. <laughs> so, um, so we have this Colonel Day, who is very much in he, he, his sympathies seem to be toward confrontation. He does. Yeah, he's you
2: know, he, he's not only very much. He's so very much that he's flagrantly insubordinate to the general he's reporting to.
0: Right. Whereas Crim seems very businesslike. Like I've I've received an order and I'm going to follow it. To the best of my ability, and no more, and no less. I mean, there's seems to be a, a clear idea of that. I, I was I was amazed at Day's insubordination at various
2: points. Not I mean, not just the fact he lies, you know, or withholds information that his commander needs, but he's just constantly mouthing off. And at one point, at one point, he tells Krim, you know, you can have your engineers play games, but I'm sending out search parties. Right. <laughs> Right, and you're making and an, it. Yeah. you're making an independent decision and insulting your commander to boot.
0: Right, right. Well, I mean, in one way, it's, it shows the the you know this it, during the time of the resistance. Maybe that would have worked. You know, when you had resistance cells mm-hmm. and yeah. things were a little more loosey goosey, and that may be somewhat some of that's still hanging around. I mean, there was one point when when uh, Jaro calls the station, he takes the call instead of Crim. You know, it's like it, yeah. it,
1: it starts like giving a report like hello well and this could also show the the divisions between the government and the circle that these are some of the military that are uh elite with the circle versus the government right the general is aligned with the government but the the these uh, under officers were with the circle yeah then they should make that clear
0: right right there there i I agree that it's not something was missed in this and part of it is because the pacing of this episode is relentless there's Mm -hmm. there's like three different threads going on through this uh or four even and we're we're jumping back and forth so there's a lot going on here and i think a lot some of it gets a little left on the cutting room floor They
2: they juggle it better than phantom menace did yes yeah
0: so well pretty much everything does <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh so the so we, we cut to kira and dax are on this moon uh where they're getting the uh the the sub impulse raider i love the spider dog subplot
1: <laughs> yes the that fuzzy bajoran moon spiders I, i'm not staying on this planet eating <laughs> <laughs> yes pakulu
2: and pakulu P- paluku. paluku and yeah. and i and I like the the rationale they gave us very briefly about trills being very alert or at least joint trills being very allergic to insect bites because it upsets the the like histamine balance between them and the symbiont
0: right right yeah that she yeah she says that very clearly uh it's funny that there's actually a little bit of a backstory on the creation of the uh the peluku paluku. Uh, They 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 actually the one of the special effects guys found it at a yard sale. Uh, but it wasn't yeah. fuzzy, so he had he took it to the special effects guys. They put a motor in it, they put the fuzz on it, the fur on it, and then uh, they, with the first run, it was too slow, it didn't move fast enough, so they like speed it up. So they put a heavier motor in it, and then he ran it into the producer's office through the secretary's uh, <laughs> office. Yeah, they liked it. It not yeah, too scary. They also changed
2: the number of legs because it was a spider toy. And if yeah. you look at a still of it, it's only got four legs. So they like pulled four legs off of it.
0: Right. It may, yeah. So it's it's very much. Uh, yeah, it's very much uh, not scary at all. But it's it's kind of a fun little moment.
1: Uh, Unless it's a, you're a trail. Yeah. Well, it's a but, fun but character. J- Dax. Surely, sure was not impressed by it at <laughs> yeah. all.
0: So um, and then we have this this scene, uh, ongoing scenes of Dax and Kira in this this really run down Raider. Um, and it's kind of nice. She's like, um, I guess the Bajoran resistance must've had a lot of short pilots. No, just short engineers. They're always building these things without thinking yet another, by the way, slur against engineers. I, I don't yeah, know what what's this the is. Deal? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, they, they, you know, they managed to get it going, but they didn't have sensors and, 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 Kira's like you Starfleet types. You're always, you know, you don't, you need to fly by the seat of your pants a little more often. Yeah.
2: I really like the interaction here where Jadzia. Even though she's a very capable officer, she is also pampered, yeah. and that's something that comes out in later seasons, but she enjoys her pampering, and Kira is much more not that way, and I like how after she declares that we have no sensors, and they're in this the beginning of this dogfight, which unfortunately we see almost entirely from inside the ship, it would have been better if we'd seen some externals more. Um, but D- Dax whips out a tricorder to use it as a surrogate for the <laughs> sensors that are malfunctioning. And right. I thought that was really nice.
0: Yeah. About the, the, uh, the special effects, they said that this was so special effects heavy because you had Odo doing the shape shifting. You had the, 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 the dog fighting you had all these ships and all this other stuff. They just, they, this was mo- one of the most special effects heavy episodes
1: of of the season so it- well i wonder i wonder if they ever go back you know of course with both um with original series and tng they've gone back and redone a lot of the special effects you know and, and now rumor is that they want to do that with ds9 i wonder if they'll if they'll plan on doing that at least with, with tng they kind of cleaned out the special effects more than redid them but um i wonder if they if they ever go back and do ds9 if they will add some of the dog fight that'd be nice that would be really cool. Also, what's neat
2: about this because we're used to seeing dogfights on Star Trek. Yep, but they're always outer space
1: dogfights. What's nice about this is it's an atmospheric dogfight. Right. That would be kind of. And you cool. see them actually being affected by the inertia, where you know, where Kira banks it, and they're both slammed back in their seat. Yes, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So then we, we we're we're back
0: on ups and I like so, Crim again very capable officer, very business-like. Day is like, I want to call Minister Jaro and tell him how successful I am. I mean, we are. And and Crim's like, you're a little too eager to to receive his uh, plaudits, Colonel. Yeah, and we have a chain of command here, too. <laughs> exactly. And then Crim's like, uh, what's the status of the security network, you know, the sensors? Can we, oh, it's completely disabled. And then he's very, he, very smart. Scan the Ops Center for Organic Material at six times an hour at random intervals because. Odo might be here. I mean, he knows. He's thought about this. He's smart. I, I like this. He's a capable adversary. He's not, you know, an incompetent uh, idiot who is easy to defeat, which is very
1: good. You know, but the the one thing that they they, they do something a little bit later on, talking about the sensors. Funny how the Cardassians would build a ship or a space station with all these sensors that can detect, you know, down to the you know smallest atom. But then they would make their core, their uh, conduits lined with an element that can't be seen through by the sensors. <laughs> oh, right. yeah. Yeah, it is yeah. a little inconvenient, isn't it?
0: Yes. Yeah, so you'd think they would put sensors in there so that the resistance couldn't use them. But yeah, exactly. So we have and then we have Jaro talking about how we, we they, you have to keep Lee Nallis alive. It's very important is dead. He's a martyr and alive. He seals our victory, although I'm not quite sure. Why he why he thinks he seals the oh, victory
2: because because they're expecting and he says it in this scene that once they're in control, they'll be able to persuade Lee Nallis to see that going along with them is the best thing for Bajor. So he'll put his blessing on the government and that'll consolidate their power even more. Uh,
0: I got you. Right? OK, yeah, uh, he says, I'll give. right. Oh, right. I'll give him anything he wants short of becoming the next Kai. Of course, he says, the, the win.
2: Yeah. And 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 when has a line in this scene to uh, to uh, Minister Jaro, she says, you have a unique ability to build a consensus. And I'm going, (laughs) yes, not not Mr. I am the circle in front of your employees, dude. Right.
0: I, and again, I think it's what another passive aggressive jab. Well, I, I, yeah. I
1: again, you know, there's there's a couple of these scenes between Jaro and Kai, which there was a lot of flirtiness going on. Oh, oh I yeah. was afraid
0: of what, where that was going to go. I remember the first time watching and this that. was yeah. one of them
1: where it's like, oh, you have you know, she's she's batting her eyes, eyes, eyelashes. You have such a wonderful way of consensus. Blink, blink, blink. You know, yeah. it's like,
2: oh, well, we've established that Vedic's are not celibates. So <laughs> in yeah. fact, they were. I think, and we'll even see that in yeah. season seven where she starts getting it on with the emissary of the paw raids. yes, exactly, yeah, without uh, knowing it, of course of course
0: uh so we then we get a bunch of scenes of um the sabotage by the Starfleet and uh Bajorans who are with Starfleet uh, including lenalis um some chatter about eating combat rations and, and just you know a yeah. little bit of uh color you know for the yeah. for it here.
1: But by the way for for the record um you know having served in the military some MREs are good some aren't they're not <laughs> as bad as they make these these rations sound like though they yes. really aren't
0: Yes.
2: Yeah. Things have and things these days are never as bad as hardtack was so. Right. Yeah, exactly. I I I liked these scenes except when it they pay them off with the with the action scenes with the shoot 'em ups. Because laser battles, I mean handheld laser battles are the equivalent on Star Trek of car chases. And car chases to me are very boring because nothing is gonna happen until the end. All of this is just meaningless action in the interim. And so when they're shooting each other with phasers and there's sparks flying and they're diving over things, I just, uh, yeah, I know this is exciting for some people maybe, but, this is not character and plot. This is just mindless action. And it's well, my least favorite part. And
1: I'm, I'm sure Dom's with me where uh, the line, the, this is accuracy only a stormtrooper could have. Comes <laughs> yeah. into mind.
0: Yes. Yeah. The the When you're shooting laser beams, that like there's literally a, a beam of light going from the end of your weapon to where it's going to hit. And you can't, you're like, you keep hitting the same post every time. <laughs> like hit to the left of the post, shoot to the right of the post. Why do you keep shooting that post? Like,
2: exactly. Like, keep <laughs> your keep your finger on the trigger and wave it.
0: <laughs> exactly.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, but that's just that's that's Star Trek in general. I, I do like we get Odo becomes a tripwire and literally trips people.
0: Yes. Yeah. So that was nice. That's a fun little bit. Um, that we have uh, Kira, you know, in Dax, they crash uh, after being uh, shot down, uh, although they give a little bit as good as they got. Unfortunately, the uh, pilot of the other ship uh, gets killed it looks like uh, hopefully he beamed out or something they have a beam out ejection yeah, they don't really
1: see anything about that but yeah
0: but they you do see it uh,
2: crash and explode I, I i do like the dialogue where dax and Kira are about to crash and dax is like looking for a place to set down there's one a couple of miles away got anything closer
0: like where like right here <laughs> mm. yeah. uh let's see they oh and then uh so then we get another shot of the uh militia searching the station and they find uh, that a holosuite is in use. They run in and apparently uh, Cisco and Lee and O'Brien are plotting, you know, over a table. And then it's actually really a trap that uh, locks them in there. Mm -hmm. The, The one thing I don't understand is, is why did they beam Day out? Okay,
2: so he's Cisco has just told Day. That, and th- and you're right. They could have made this clearer than they did, but they do make it clear. Cisco um, has just told Dave that the Cardassians are supplying the Krasari with the weapons that are backing the coup. And it's really a plot to help the Cardassians. And that as soon as this information gets out, the coup will fail. So you need to give up now. And then he he transports or allows this is unclear does cisco transport or does he allow day to be transported to ops so that day can tell him this information and and uh crim says why did he release you and at that point day decides to lie and says i promised them mercy which of course i have no promise of keeping
0: right right Uh, yes see uh there was I have no intention of giving them the amnesty, which is right. A lie.
2: He tried to save face is what he tried to do. I think he, I, I think he was just containing the information he didn't want because he dismisses it as a as a Cardassian lie. He doesn't want his commander having to evaluate that information to think, is it true or not?
0: Then uh, so at this point, the crims the people, they get the security net up, they think. We don't see them anywhere. They must be in the shielded conduits. And this is where they come up with the idea of gassing them out of the conduits, uh, which comes up in a little bit. Uh, meanwhile, Kira and Dax are on the planet and hurt um, and f- they're found. And they're doing the
2: stupid trope of Kira is injured and Dax will not leave her, even though I'm going to slow you down. <laughs> and yes. it's like, just go <laughs> do the sensible thing.
0: Right, right. And and then because Kira slowing her down, Dax gets caught. Right, of course, and then it turns out they're not really caught. It was Vedic Barile's people because they on an entire planet they happened happen to, to crash
1: right outside the monastery. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder how big uh, Bajor is because it seems to be
2: very small. In 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 defense of that, we it is it would be rational to say that they got transported um, right. to the monastery. You know uh, that. They were found by Barile's associates somewhere on the planet and then got transported.
0: And it would make sense right. for a very important monastery to be near the capital, too. That would be another yeah. aspect mm-hmm. of that. We, we have this scene between Lee and Sisko where Lee kind of talks about um, he's willing to give his life, you know, with a little bit of foreshadowing his his life for uh, to save the to save his people. I die for my people. Also,
2: in episode two in The Circle, he got a bodyguard, which was which was also more foreshadowing.
0: Right. And Sisko tells him dying gets you off the hook. You know, uh, are you willing to live for your people? And so that's which is kind of funny because then they undermine that. Well, I know it's kind of nice misdirection,
2: because if if they didn't, oh, if they didn't, we would see his death coming too much. And so I think that line's kind of a red herring. By the way, notice in the monastery, they get to play dress up as Bajoran, uh, whatever they call them. Well, they're not Vedics, they're the monks. step below that the monks yeah and 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 so that we start to see the images of her of Kira's orb image with like Dax as a Bajoran monk with the nose coming true, and it's also that's also very Babylon five where you get prophecies and then you later see those images coming true yeah.
0: right uh we have quark trying to drag his gold press latinum through the conduits. And Bashir like leave it, and then and then he refuses to leave it um, until they they're told we're about to they're about to gas that so you better get out of there, and then he keeps dragging it anyway. (laughs) Exactly. We we have this um, moment. See where's it where they they capture Krim in Cisco's office. Oh, I forgot to mention that that uh, Cisco does this thing that he does. Later on, when Gul Ducat takes control of Deep Space Nine during the Dominion War, which is oh, he right. leaves his baseball, yeah. uh, on the desk. Yep. And in fact, the, this is the first appearance of the baseball was in uh, the no, it was in the Homecoming. I think might have been in the Circle, but it was in these episodes. And which shows he intends on coming back for that baseball. Right. That's yep. that that yeah. idea. Then uh, we have they capture Krim,
2: and they explain everything to him, right, off, right, off camera.
0: They did it by misdirecting him by having Bashir surrender at a airlock. Yes,
2: at an airlock, and it's really bizarre because it, it, I, I had a note of this and I ended up deleting it. But it's not clear why they why. Apparently, they attack the airlock and immediately surrender. And it's like, why didn't you just approach and surrender? Why do you need to attack them first? And there was even a line setting it up. It's like, don't surrender too quickly because we need to get into place. Draws their attention. Couldn't you have? Why do you need to attack? Why can't you just stand around one side of the corridor and say, we need to talk to you about what's going on and drag that conversation out as long as you need to? Why do you need to go to actual violence?
1: I think they wanted to draw troops to where they're fighting, Mm -hmm. to where the attack was, so that it's it's distracting them from the fact that the this other crew is moving into ops
0: because there were only four people at the airlock in et hope, hope
2: hopefully they were using stormtrooper accuracy then because otherwise you're gonna just enrage these people and it's not gonna go well for you once you surrender to them
0: well although they could be sh- stunning them so that's
2: well but if you stun all four of them without storm if you're not using stormtrooper accuracy yeah, you actually you won't them, have anyone it's... to surrender to
0: yes that's true. <laughs> You guys are asleep, but we surrender. <laughs> so then we have uh, the Kira. Eventually, shows up with you know, Barile and, and, and Dax in the Chamber of Ministers, and it's nice, to, we, nice to see the seat of government. By the yeah, way. right. Yes, yes. Uh, one of the, I think maybe the only time we see it. Uh, we might see it again. But if this is here, here. We have the switch where Wind sniffs out the the shift, the changing winds. What is this blasphemy? She says. Then Kira says, "I have proof that the Kardashians are behind this." Uh, the circle. The reason the reason she brings blasphemy into
2: it is because they strip off their monk costumes and reveal they're not monks. So they've been misusing the monks' costumes, which is not actually blasphemy. I hate it when people who are TV writers <laughs> use terminology they don't understand. Right. But that's why she's saying it. Yes, and then uh, and then with sacrilege would be the correct term. Yep. Right.
0: Yeah, uh, thank you. Then we have, so they, she presents the evidence. Jaro re- says, there's nothing to these accusations. And Wynn says, then you should have no objection to an inspection of this evidence minister. And that's, yeah. that's the move. And that's when he's, he realizes he's done for. He's lost. And he wills, Yes. Are we, oh, of course not. We'll adjourn. See you later. I've got this thing to take care of. <laughs> oh, I gotta that be, way. Yeah. <laughs> got to be at
1: the place at the time for the thing, you know, see <laughs> <Yes>. ya. <laughs>
0: what
2: what i want to know is how did jaro plan to spin this because he was already a member a minister of the provisional council and then he's going to end up being the leader of the new government after the coup how did he plan did what was he thinking i mean it, he'll be the one it, to bring
0: it, the coup to its to its conclusion through uh, his peacemaking and negotiation uh something like that
2: uh it's it, it wasn't he's taken a lot of political risk here, because if it comes out, he's the coup, he's he I am the circle. You overthrew the government in just for your own ambitions to rise. What was yeah, that's pretty you know, much unless pretty you're planning much. on a, unless you're planning on a military dictatorship. That's not going to go too well in the next election cycle.
0: Right. You're right on that. So we go from there. So that's sort of the, we. That, that's the end of the coup, like like at that, that moment. And then we're back on Deep Space Nine, where Krim confronts Day, the, his his underling, who then ends up being mad and tries to shoot Cisco. Cisco, because because Krim has just turned the station back over to Cisco,
2: thinking that's Star. What's the government and Starfleet will want?
0: Right, and he, Krim is expecting to, have to be to have to resign. Uh, as general, and then day. So day tries to shoot Cisco, and Lee heroically jumps in front of Cisco and becomes the martyr that they always thought he would be. and Off the hook after all, <laughs> exactly. And and dies. And then Kira is sad. And yes, everyone's sad. Uh, but we have this like wrap up, like just like okay, that's that. Boop. That that that's the end. With we've reached the end of our, our time here. We need to go. I just felt like it wrapped up very quickly.
2: Well, and there's a lot. It's really, you could argue this should have been a four parter because like Jax and Dad Z- Dax and uh, Kira's journey down to the planet to get that's super compressed. That could have been significantly longer.
0: Right, right. There, there's there. Yeah, there was. I mean, in later in later seasons, they might have done this over the course of a, a season. Yeah, over a whole season yeah. just made this a bigger thing. And back, you could argue that that's sort of what happens w- with that season where the Kardashians and the Dominion take over the station. Uh, so this, uh, yeah. this so they they almost they like, revisit this again.
2: Un- unconsciously, this is the this is the test. This is the proof of concept for what they later do with long story arcs.
0: Right, yep. right. So uh, that's those are that's my notes. That's the 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 three episodes. Do you all have any um, any notes, on this, Jimmy? Do you have anything mm-hmm. that nope? You were, that's it. Uh, by the Quarry?
1: OK, I nope, got everything out.
0: Excellent. So that's that's our discussion of these three episodes. So in the end, do you feel like the lead analysis story was complete or was it a waste of the character? Just as a final thought on that, because he's the you know, key that starts all this.
1: You know, I would actually you know, you, you mentioned uh, the the resistance leader that comes later that Shakar Kira Shikar, yep. I almost wonder if they kind of look back at this yeah, in later season, go, you know, we, that's a character we could have used.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. The hero. So Europe. that's yeah. where he
1: comes. Like, so basically he's the same character, just rewritten. Right.
0: Right. That's true.
1: Yeah, I, I, I,
2: I can accept the story as this is what they were working with and it's okay. And I'm, I'm not hugely disappointed by it. I think it is a little cliche to kill off this guy here. And I think they would have been better served if they had maybe cast someone else who they could bring back and they would give us a longer story arc where he really does grow into being a statesman.
0: Right, right. He becomes what Shakar was, which is, you know, eventually yeah. first minister, et cetera. Ol- only better. <laughs> only better. right? Because even Shakar was <laughs> oh, the, when, when Kira was pregnant with the O'Briens' baby that whole mess of an episode. Yeah. We'll talk about that one later. I mean, that had its moments, but there was some difficult. I I love the bit
2: where she, where she looks at Dr. Bashir and says to Alexander Sadig, this is all your fault
0: (laughs) because he was the
2: father in real life. Yes, that's right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, uh, so that's it from us. Uh, What did you think of this uh, two part discussion of uh, these three episodes of DS9 second season, uh, the Bajoran coup arc? Uh, So let us know by going to sqpn.com slash Trek, sorry, or the SQPN Facebook page and leaving us some feedback or send us an email to trek at sqpn.com You can find links relevant to our discussion on our show notes on sqpn.com We'll be back next time when we'll be discussing something else from Star Trek We haven't decided yet, but uh, we have uh, all of Trek ahead of us and it'll be uh, fun to discuss uh, so until then, uh, Jimmy Aiken, thank you for joining me in sharing The Secrets of Star Trek. My pleasure. Uh, and live long and prosper. <laughs> thank you. Father Cory thank you as well. Yeah, thank you, Dom. Once again, I'm Dom Bethanelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Star Trek on StarQuest. And remember, never make fun of a mother.